0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are in Des Moines, Iowa, and I am here with two fabulous men, Des Moines natives, I would say. Is that correct for both of you? Yes, absolutely. Yes, right. Okay, and we know that Iowa is a rock star on the political front. This is an election year, and I interview people about passions, about incorporating a passion into your life. And my hope is that you're going to inspire others to get passionate too and specifically about politics today. Okay, so first of all, let's start with Will Rogers. Mm -hmm. Will, tell us what you do by day.
1: Uh, I work as the Director of Government Affairs for a trade association that represents 475 uh, farm and construction equipment dealers in Iowa and Nebraska.
0: And what do you do by night?
1: Uh, Well, it seems to fall into the daytime as well, but I'm the chairman of the Polk County Republican Party, which is the largest county party organization in the state of Iowa. We have roughly 89,000. Uh, registered Republicans in our county.
0: Okay, so, Will Rogers, thank you so much. And we have Sean Sean Bagnesky. Sean
2: Bagneski, you got it. Yeah. Thank you,
0: that's not easy, but I, I worked on that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and Sean, by day, tell us what you do.
2: Yeah, I'm an attorney for Iowa Medicaid, um, and then by night, I'm the president for the Beaverdale Neighborhood Association, the chair for the Beaverdale Democrats, uh, and really active with the Hillary Clinton campaign. Um, I was her head of her delegation to our county convention, in uh, our district convention, and I'll also be going to Philadelphia as a national delegate for.
0: Okay, so what I love so much is we have two big hitters here, Republican and Democrat.
2: Close. <laughs> I would say
0: I would say you're big hitters because you're you're big, passionate mm-hmm. into yes. what you're doing, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes because everybody can make a difference. But mm-hmm. what I want everybody to see is that this can be a passion of theirs. They can get involved. They can mm-hmm. love doing it. And you guys are friends at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay, so how did this, well, how did this passion begin for you?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I got, a, I think, a fairly good response. Um, uh, I, when I served in the United States Army, I, when I um, served for three years, three months, 21 days, I was in the, the Gulf War. I uh, was an M1 tank crew member. And when I got out, I, I, um, I'd seen a lot of things what I consider to be abuse and waste of taxpayer money. And when I came back to Iowa, I wrote a very lengthy letter to Senator Chuck Grassley, who's our current U.S. senator, and um, our one of them. And Chuck Grassley uh, sent me a reply, handwritten letter. And he, uh, I documented in the letter all the abuses of things that I'd seen. And Senator Grassley um, sent me back this letter saying, you know, thank you, Will. Uh, this is really important that we have this information. We need people trying to do something about this problem. He says, we need more people like you involved in politics. And so I was um, going to Drake University and I decided, you know, I'm going to get involved in college Republicans. And that's where it started.
0: I'm going to take this seriously.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, You know, I became a teacher because I heard John McCain on the TV calling out for all good teachers. If you have honest intentions, please apply. We need good teachers. And I did that for 12 years. I went and got a college degree
1: wow. and
0: became a teacher because of that. So That's I mean, wonderful. you know, sometimes we're called to action mm-hmm. in different ways. And so I'm hoping today people will be called to action for what you guys have to share. So Sean, how did this start for you?
2: Well, I didn't realize we had similar stories. I mean, really mine was also, you know, um, a handout from, uh, a political official as well. When I was in fifth grade in 1994, uh, I was at the rope line for a Bill Clinton event, and he pulled me aside and talked to me about public service. And, you know, of all the people in the room that day, of all the people he could talk to, you know, I was a poor kid from the trailer park with a single mother, and he pulled me aside and wanted to talk about politics. And, you know, I've wanted to get into public service ever since then. Um, so, being able to be in his wife's video when she announced that she was running for president, getting to have her at my house, um, you know, really, kind of like the, the end of the circle. You know, to go from that to having her at my house is just amazing. So, I didn't realize we had that similarity that we both, you know, had yeah. had met somebody that really inspired us.
0: Tell me, in in the time that you both have been a part of your parties and being active members, what is your? Do you feel the the biggest impact you've made, Sean?
2: Oh, the biggest impact. I mean, I mean. I guess my favorite impact that I've made um, when I was in law school. Both Will and I went to Drake Law School, and they really <clears throat> focus on actually practicing instead of just you know talking and arguing and discussing the law. Um, and you get to create your own piece of legislation. And I wrote something called the Childhood Emancipation Bill, and basically, 16, 17, and 18-year-olds who were um, abandoned by their parents. Uh, I created a mechanism in the law where they could actually emancipate from their parents who were abusive or had just abandoned them. Uh, it had failed six years before that. Um, I went up to every subcommittee, every committee I could, uh, and eventually passed it unanimously in both houses. And you know, if you get to help people in that way, you know, it's hard to really talk bad about public service when, both of us have had experiences where we can really help people. Yeah.
1: I will correct you, though. I didn't go to law school. My wife went to law school. Oh, I thought you went to law school. Oh, I no. I, I might as well have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I dodged that bullet. So. No way. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're learning everything about each other. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you will anyway. So, um, you know, I have to say to kind of respond a little bit there. For me, while there's a lot of policy that's really important, You know, one of the things that I, my direct involvement is for is, I wanna see good people get elected to office. And to do that most effectively, I've, I've aligned myself as a Republican. I kinda of see that my, my values are more represented by Republican candidates than they are by Democrat candidates. And I go ahead and do what I can to help get candidates elected, whether it's you know helping out with door knocking, lit dropping, making phone calls, putting up yard signs, walking in parades, but also helping raise money, um, helping to you know, help them with their campaign strategy and things like that. And I've worked from every type of candidate, from city council and school board candidates all the way up to members of U.S. Senate and Congress and the White House. So, so
0: no job too big or small for you?
1: No, not at all.
0: No, not when you love something, right? right. I think you not both are all. willing yeah. to do whatever it takes. So, okay, well, let me ask you this then. What challenges have you faced?
1: Well, you know, every day is a challenge, but every day also is an opportunity, in my opinion. I mean, we have, um, as a leader in the Republican Party, I've been the executive director for our county party. Uh, I've also been our co-chair, and I've been our chairman now for four years. Combined service will have been eight total years just helping out at the county level. And working at the county level is really kind of one of the most challenging, like I said, has the greatest opportunity. And maybe the greatest mm-hmm. rewards, because you can really see the impact of your work, at at a at a ground level, and you can see it. You know, every every whether it's every year or every two years, there's some type of an election going on. You can see the fruits of your labor. And um, we had one candidate that uh, two years ago in 2014, Zach Nunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean will know Zach. Zach was a, is a, younger than I am, so I call him. A, I still call him a kid. I remember when he was still in. Drake University and worked on a campaign with me. And uh, it was a race that two years before Republicans lost that district by, uh, we lost that election by over 700 votes. And with Zach as our candidate, with all the hard work we put in, Zach won by over 1,590 votes. So we had a huge swing in that election. So you can see the fruits of your labor Mm -hmm. so quickly. And so what are the challenges? The challenges are finding volunteers and and finding candidates and finding the right message and raising the money to support all of that.
0: What about for you, Sean?
2: I mean, I think the biggest challenge in public service is just keeping people involved, um, keeping, allowing them to feel like their voice is getting heard. Uh, we've been doing a lot of conventions lately in the county and in the district. Our district convention lasted 17 hours. It's hard, really hard to get somebody to give up their entire Saturday, the morning, their night, to come and talk about policy platforms and how to re-engage our party. We had a similar issue with our county convention where it went for 14 hours. So just really keeping people engaged, letting them, as Will's saying, letting them see the fruits of their labor, is that it actually does mean something to be there. That you know, public service can be a good thing. It is tedious, um, but you know, there's a purpose for it. Is, is the hardest thing sometimes.
0: But what do you see, both of you? What do you see in the in these people that have that drive that stamina and and endurance to stay engaged is there a common thread between them
1: you know to answer that i mean every every two years you know you have a a set of candidates Mm -hmm. that comes forward and they always bring either their friends or family or somebody gets really excited about the candidate whether it's at the presidential level or a, a federal level or even at the state level they get excited about that candidate and maybe their message. It's the the folks, though, they, they may go away after um, the primary or they may go away um, at the end of the election year and you may never see or hear from them again. Doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just that that was what their motivation was. And the thing that I really like is the folks that are willing to continue to come back again and again and continue to support the party, continue to support our candidates year after year. And um, for me, it's a uh, it, it, it's those types of relationships, those people you really build the, yep. the strong relationships with, too.
0: So, Sean, what do you think you've learned about yourself in your stick to itiveness then to stay engaged?
2: What have I learned about myself? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess I've learned that I really do love the process. A lot of people get turned off by politics and public service, and, you know, they think that compromise is a bad thing, or they think that making a deal or putting off a, a debate until next session is a bad thing. Um, but when you take the long game and you really do see you can help people, uh, you really do see that you can make a difference. Um, I think that's really the payoff. So I guess what I found is, um, you know, I can be patient. I, I can figure out that, you know, maybe it's not the right time for this battle now, but bring it up again next year, bring it up again next year, yeah. bring it up again next year if you have to.
0: So never to give up, then. Yeah, keep oh the, gosh, yeah, resilience. Keep, push, keep pushing.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the process
1: is just in, typically inherently slow. Yep. I mean, and maybe it's slow for a good reason, you know, that you don't necessarily want to pass legislation year after year. To, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's times when we've passed legislation here in Iowa, and I won't go into the details, but I can bring up one right away. And and uh, we've had to try to find solutions to fix it. and. We certainly haven't reached the final conclusion of that right now.
0: So Will, are you saying then you've learned to be patient?
1: Oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. And some days that's tough, but um, in reality, you know, I mean, it's just, again, the, the fact is, is I go back to it, the, the, the ability to continue to be able to help people mm-hmm. with their campaigns is, it's, that's reward enough.
2: E.B. White said that democracy is the idea that 51% of the people are right 51% of the time. And it's the least worst form of government and you know, you're not always going to get right every time, yep. but keeping, you know, coming back over and over and over again for that mm-hmm. other 49% is what it's all about.
0: So like you guys, I'm always trying to get people to act. And I believe for them to do that, they need to first envision it for themselves, explore what it would take, and then execute a plan. So for people to become engaged and involved and, and responsible for what's going on with politics in America, what do you think they should envision for themselves first, Will?
1: Um, you know, one thing that I just, I, I think people have to put it in perspective first about what the process of not just elections are about, but it's, it's, it's about winning the election, but then it's about governing afterward. Mm-hmm. And one of the things like with Sean and why we're be able to be friends is, is that we may not agree on something, but we don't take a position that Sean is um, absolutely right. And I'm somehow absolutely wrong or immoral because of my position. And the fact is, is that if you take that type of argument, then mm-hmm. Sean would, if I ever, co- Sean compromises with me or he compromises with Sean, we both become immoral ourselves. And so you can't take that type of position on the vast majority of, policy and um i you know for me i just i look at it and say it's important for people to realize it's um it's you know taking one step at a time you don't have to dig in and jump in like sean and i have or other people have but you know the journey to a thousand miles starts with a single step just go in and volunteer one day to help out with lit dropping or making phone calls write one 25 check to you're a candidate of your choice. Do something that will at least get you to start filling that that process and feeling the rewards of that process as well.
0: Okay, so I see you saying envision yourself being able to compromise. Envision yourself taking baby steps and getting just doing small things, even mm-hmm. a small donation.
1: Yeah. yeah, realize that there's never gonna be a candidate that's, or a mm-hmm. group of candidates that are gonna fit everything that you want. Realize that if you get 60, 70% of your, of your values are issues represented, that's a great place to start. Yeah.
0: Right, right. So then to explore getting involved, Sean.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, getting involved is, you know, donations, knocking doors, write a letter to the editor, run for office yourself, tell your friends to run for office, yeah. uh, volunteer with a state agency, volunteer with your church, with your synagogue, um, but just be active. There's really no excuse. I mean, you look around the rest of the world most of the rest of the world doesn't have the opportunities that we have that we have in a democracy. Uh, as, a, as, as a citizen, it is your responsibility to do those things on your own level, whatever it is. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so to so to explore those things for your level, whatever it yeah. is, all of those great and, ideas. And any
2: issue might be different. You know, on some issues, you might see somebody you want somebody to run for office for. Sometimes it might just be a letter to the editor. Sometimes you might just volunteer. Um, but it's your responsibility to be engaged in the process.
0: So I want you each to tell me then, what would that first step be? Will, go ahead, you could start.
2: <laughs> the first step. I was hoping she was gonna ask me
1: first. Well, <laughs> no, I, I, I the first step, you know, um, fu- fu- and so we're down to about uh, 177 days before the election. Mm-hmm. I think that's where yep. we're at right now. Um, you know, find a candidate that you like. And I would call their office up and say, I wanna come in and I wanna volunteer. And I wanna come in one day, I just wanna see what I can do to help you out and um, go in and find the staff that, you know, the people that you like, Mm -hmm. the candidate that you like, and start getting involved. Sean?
2: First step is being informed, Um, getting your own information, doing your own research, trying to figure things out. Uh, The second step is always pushing people, uh, whether it's the candidate, whether it's your party, uh, whether it's anybody who's in office, but pushing them on what they think of the issues, helping them to you know, really figure out how they think about things, what their platform is, what their ideas are, and really fighting for it.
0: So, okay, this episode is going to air on Motivate Me before the election, probably before September, the end of okay. August sometime. First, I need to know how excited are you guys that this is election year? You must get pumped up about election year. <laughs>
2: How are you feeling well, i i know that's
1: <laughs> that's good i um no i i enjoy elections and and this is one of the things that i always say you know elections aren't about about the past they're about the future mm-hmm. and it really is and I, I you know you wouldn't i think be involved at the level that sean and i are at if you didn't ha- be you're not optimistic about the process mm-hmm. and about the future and yeah there's some big problems we have but we have a great chance to solve those, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm excited about the election cycle. We have some great candidates on the ballot, and uh, I'm 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 very I'm very thankful we have those great candidates. Um, and so I think you know, heading into the uh, last, you know, we're obviously paying a lot of attention about it since last year. Yep. But um, it's really past Labor Day that people, most people, will start paying attention to this process.
0: Which is probably about when this episode will air. Okay. So are you pumped up, Sean, or Am I pumped up?
2: Absolutely. Um, Going to Philadelphia for the Democratic National Convention is a tremendous honor for me. Um, You know, I volunteered for Hillary Clinton in 2008. uh, So it's really, you know, eight years of waiting for her to come back on the ticket. So am I energized about her? Absolutely. Um, And then obviously the personal connection with she and her husband, um, getting to have her at my house, getting to really know her as a person. um, Yeah, I'm excited to have somebody like Hillary Clinton being our next president. I hate to tell you. Are <laughs> yeah, those and, and fighting words, well. <laughs> No, but I, I, I've told Sean
1: this, and i told this to a lot of people uh, in the Republican party last, uh, a year ago uh, in April, I met Donald Trump for the first time. I, I had not had a, a very uh, huge, you know, high opinion of him. Um, my opinion was really softened over the summer. And then by the fall, I started realizing kind of what the genius of Donald Trump is really about. and. I say it like this. A lot of people think that, you know, uh, Donald Trump is a gift from God to Hillary, but I would watch out if I was uh, the, you know, the folks that are supporting Hillary. Donald Trump is not to be laughed at and uh, be a part of amusement for them. I mean, they got to take this election very, very seriously.
0: Well, here's the thing. I hope that neither one of you end up with post-election blues because <laughs> oh, we've both hold. had that before that,
2: that's <laughs> yeah,
1: the thing
0: that's to part of public years. service yeah
2: it just makes <laughs> you work harder the next two years Yep, exactly
0: so what kind of contact information can you share with everybody sean
2: oh contact information um 515-556-9111 is my personal cell phone number uh you know my email address is my name at outlook.com happy to talk to anybody about politics regardless what party they're in yeah
1: My uh, personal cell phone number is 515-669-1648. And my political email address is will at polkgop.com.
0: And if you guys are on Facebook, are you on Facebook? Yes. Then I would love to make you members of my private group so people can reach out to you there too. That'd be great. great. Okay, that'd be awesome. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) This has been... Thank you, Tim absolute pleasure. Tammy is my sister Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay, If anybody confuses me with her, I take that as a huge compliment. Oh, my gosh. That's okay, but I am uh, just really flattered that you came today. You came to our little Iowa barbecue here in the backyard, and good luck to both of you.
1: It's our pleasure. Thank you, (laughs) wonderful. I'm not least one of these never-Trumpers. I mean, I'm gonna support our party nominee. Mm -hmm. Look, you know what, at the end of the day, um, this is what the election's about. It's about choices and people are going to find their choice that they're going to go vote
2: for. And if the choice is, you know, banning Muslims, building a wall to keep Latinos out, versus Hillary Clinton, who's been battle-tested for 30 years, I am cool with that choice any day of the week, Mr. Rogers. Okay, no, I, I mean
1: we have we have these issues right now mm-hmm. that again we're not being they're not being addressed and when i say that like for example you can't tell me that our immigration system isn't extremely flawed and broken in all aspects of
2: it and i think one thing that you and i would both agree with whether it's bernie sanders or donald trump there are a significant amount of americans who are just angry at the system and will just try anything because they just don't think it's working well, on both sides and, and people should be
1: i mean they should i i i spent uh a, I spent a couple of hours yesterday with a young man who's here from england he's married to an american has a daughter with uh you know has a daughter here with her um he's lived here for five years and he's still getting trouble from the immigration system trying to get his ring card it's crazy and 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 I just continue to think to myself, you know, here's a guy who's got an education, he's a professional, and he can hardly keep a job because he's not even here on it's an crazy.
2: H-1B visa anymore. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Plenty to be angry about on both sides. Yeah. And and so I want
1: to see those things fixed, and I want to see, you know, look, and and Donald Trump's tapped into that anger, mm-hmm. and look, and I mean, Bernie
2: Sanders has too on has. the other side. It really has.
1: You just want to. You just hope at the end of the day. I mean, I say this. I I hope at the end of the day that Donald Trump is actually really an adult mm-hmm. and, and will actually, beyond the, beyond the rhetoric, is actually going to do something different than he's actually been, you know, like, actually be a real substance mm-hmm. when he gets elected. Time will tell. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 states in 90 days lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at motivatemepodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. along.